There are a lot of movies out there. More and more of them are coming every single day. But thanks to the internet... And someone who keeps throwing these at my head! Where do these VHS tapes keep coming from? Anyways, I got another movie to watch today on The Bloodstream. Board streamers, this is episode 30 of the Bloodstream. I'm your host, Jason Gray, and this week I'm gonna start off with a couple of corrections. In the previous episode, you might have noticed I kept calling the neighbor Becky. Her name's actually Gabby, and I'm still not 100% sure on that, but I'm about 99% sure it was Gabby. Normally, I sit down and get clips for the episode before I sit down and record because it's a nice refresher and helps me get a few other things straight. I didn't do that last week, and I kept getting a name wrong. A name which is clearly said as something else in the clips. My bad. Also, at the last minute, I ended up adding Metempsychosis by Splogman into the episode, but as I've said before, if I make changes to the music, that will always be in the show notes. Moving on to this episode, after last week's bit of a break where it was a short movie, I thought it was time to get back to basics with a normal length movie. Still only about an hour 15, but that's a lot closer to an actual movie than under an hour. And whew, I picked out a doozy this week with something called The Gateway. The plot goes a little something like this. A burnt out nurse moves into a new apartment in search of a simpler life, but when things begin to disappear through a strange portal in her bathroom wall, she discovers a gateway to the unknown that brings unimaginable horror to her quiet life. And I don't have a whole lot more to add to that, so I'm just gonna jump right to the trailer, and I'll be right back after this. I called the super, and I left a message. I gotta get a look at this dump. <laughs> it's not a dump. It just needs some sprucing up. Blue is better. Someone's bound to call. What's your phone number? Why? This was your idea. Use your own number. Take two. I, excuse me. Yeah, I'm calling for Danny and Tim. What says Tim? The shower curtain. Are you the shower curtain people? <laughs> I don't think we should put up any more shower curtains, Danny. Okay then, I've apparently picked a weird one for this week. 
The movie starts off with the guy waking up on the subway, heading home, and it all seems pretty perfectly normal. Except for all the duct tape covering up the bathroom door. He starts to hear something from inside the bathroom, claws the tape off as quickly as possible, grabs a can of gasoline and starts splashing it all over the wall above the tub. And uh, I don't know how good of a job throwing gasoline on a tiled bathroom wall is actually gonna do. It's just gonna run down the smooth ceramic surface into the tub, right? But just as he's about to light everything up, he stops himself short and hangs up a tablecloth as an impromptu shower curtain. He stares for a bit at a scar on his hand before the bathroom door suddenly slams shut behind him. We see something come after him in weird, shaky, flickering images, but never really get a good look at it. This is both good and bad, because making it mysterious and unknown? Good. Silly, shaky, cannon monster? That's bad. But he saves himself from the shaky photography by grabbing a nearby box cutter and using it on his own throat, taking his own life. That's our cold open, and I must say, I'm pretty intrigued. That was weird, unsettling, leaves me with a whole lot of questions, and just a little bit of a chill. But following that, it's moving day as we get to watch a young woman moving into the very same apartment, and didn't I just watch this last week? While Danny is moving in, we hear some strange noises, but it just seems to be the pipes. Or is it? Which leads her to discover that the toilet is all clogged up. I'd normally skip through a lot of this mundane bullshit, but there's a great line I just gotta share when she calls up her uncle. You'll just have to piss out the window, I guess. I don't think I have the right equipment for that. While she waits for the super to come by and fix things, Danny heads out to hit the streets and try to talk some people into saving the whales. And this is full of some hilarious fails in our very first clip. Excuse me, sir. Can you spare a moment to talk about the whales? Hello, miss. Can you spare a moment to talk about the whales? You see, we here at Whale Savers are... Hello, sir. Can you spare a moment to talk about the whales? What? Well, we here at Whale Savers are committed to the conservation and protection of all whale life. What? Particularly in the Antarctic and the Northwestern Pacific Oceans. What? Are you aware of what's going on in these waters? No. No. There's a guy there with her, Tim, who's also trying to do the save the whale routine. And in the meantime, he's also doing a couple sketches. And ooh, I think I smell a romance. Tim has his own flavor of save the whale rants, and he's one of those who really gets in your face, has the bloody dead whale carcass photos trying to convince people. So yeah, he's one of those that's really into it. Following their attempts to save the whales, we spend more time with Danny as she settles into her apartment. And it's more mundane stuff, and it maybe goes on a little bit too long, but she does eventually hang up a new shower curtain. She wakes up the next day, and the shower curtain is gone. So she gets a new shower curtain, hangs it up, and in the time it takes her to go and get a beer, she hears some strange noises coming from the bathroom, and the shower curtain is gone again. Danny makes a third attempt to hang up a shower curtain, and this time she wisely sets up a video camera just to prove she's not seeing things. She leaves the bathroom, closes the door, and we watch as the shower curtain gets sucked through a hole. Not quite in the wall, but basically just disappears through thin air. The next day we're back to trying to save the whales, and Tim wants to know what she's watching on her phone. She shows him the video, and... Holy shit, that's incredible! Keep it down. 
This is huge. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna move out. Move out? Are you crazy? Think of the good you could do with this. Think of the possibilities. It's fine. I'm just, I'm gonna move back in with my Uncle Gus. Back on that couch, but I'll be far away from, from whatever this is. I have an idea. No, I don't need any ideas. I only showed you this to check I'm not losing my mind. I'm not. Job done. Thanks for your help. These curtains must go somewhere, right? So, all we do is write down our number, and wherever it goes, someone's bound to call. How's that gonna get rid of this thing? Because if we know where the curtains are going, maybe we can do something to stop them, you know? Plug the hole or something. I don't have to plug anything if I just walk away. All right. Suit yourself. Enjoy that couch. Hey, what's your phone number? Why? This was your idea. Use your own number. Phone's still in the shop. Okay, fine. But you have to deal with whoever calls, okay? At least Tim has a plan. And as you heard, Danny eventually goes along with it. And we watch a fourth shower curtain, with their message written on it, get sucked into the void. They have some dinner, sit around and chat for a bit, talk about the possibilities of what's going on in the bathroom. They pass out overnight, time passes, they go about their days, and fortunately, the movie is smart enough to montage us through all of this as quickly as possible, until Danny gets a phone call one day while they're out saving the whales, in the next clip. I, excuse me. Hello? Yeah, I'm calling for Danny and Jim. Uh, this is Danny and Miss? Tim? Tim? Uh, hold on. Hello? Can make this check out, too? Hello? You're busy. I got a million things to do. I'm trying to give you money, and you say you're too busy. You're Oh, it does say Tim. What says Tim? The shower curtain. It's some guy who says he has the shower curtain. What's his name? Uh, who, may I ask, is calling? This here's Willie. Oh, hi, Willie. Yeah, that's ours. Where'd you find it? That's tough to say. Well, why is that? There a reward? Uh, he wants to know if there's a reward. I have $20. How's $20? How's $200? $200? Are you crazy? We're not going to give you $200 for a shower curtain. Hi, Willie. This is Tim. Hi. Yeah. How are you doing today? Super. Look, can I just ask you one question? How do you feel about CO2 power grenade tipped harpoons? No, it's a device used to brutally murder whales. And do you know who invented it? Evil scientists. We, we are good scientists, Willie, and we are about to unlock one of the greatest scientific mysteries of all time, alternate dimensions. Tim, give me the phone. But we can't do it without that shower curtain. Now, unlike evil scientists, we don't have a lot of money. Harpoons, guns, tanks, these inventions have done nothing but bring sadness to this world. But if you help us, Willie, the entire planet will be lining up to shake your hand. Hello? I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll help you pick one out. I'll see you then. So? He says the $20 is fine, but if we become famous and go on TV, he wants us to buy him a tuxedo. He's in Jersey. He wants us to meet him at exit 85A at Leo's Diner in two hours. From now? Yeah, do you want to get rid of this thing or not? So it's off to Jersey to meet Willie. They drive off to an abandoned diner, sit around for a while, thinking this is all some waste of time, until they think they see some movement inside the diner and Tim goes in to check it out. But that's when Willie decides to put in his appearance by suddenly being right behind them, and introductions go around. Willie's more than a little doubtful that they're the scientists they claim to be, and he's not wrong. 
he's a smart guy. And remember, but you can't push Willy Willy But then he sees the video and he's a believer and he gets a little bit excited. He brings them around the back of the diner and shows them the shower curtain. When they see it, it's not in the best of shape, it's gotten shredded up somewhere along the way. It stinks, as Tim notes, as well as being a bit sticky from being covered in some sort of substance. Willie reveals he didn't find it at the diner, but instead at a creek somewhere nearby. He agrees to take them to the creek, but first he wants to get in some shopping with his hard-earned $20. Once they get to Willie's camp by the creek, he can't quite remember in which direction the curtain actually came from, so they split up to try to find out the drop-off point. Willie and Tim head off in one direction, and along the way, Willie decides to huff some paint fumes, and starts calling himself Frankie and gets a bit violent. Meanwhile, Danny is somewhere in the other direction, digging through a bunch of rocks trying to find more bits of shower curtain. Danny does eventually hear the screams and comes running to Tim's aid. She stabs Frankie Willie in the back with a fork, and the two not-scientists go running off. As they get into their car and drive away, Frankie Willie shouts after them, and we see a whole bunch of people show up to have a chat with the homeless guy. On the car ride home, Tim and Danny discuss what they found while they were out there and what they're going to do next in our next clip. What'd you find in the creek? I don't know. There was a lot of junk in those rocks. The curtain could have floated downstream from somewhere. We have to find out where that somewhere is. Right? Thanks. I don't think we should put up any more shower curtains, Danny. But how else are we going to plug the hole? I'm not so sure that we can. Well, you, you can't get cold feet now. You started this whole thing. What about um, plan B? No, no, I, I just think that we need another opinion. You know, like, like an expert or something. Well, there's, um, there's this girl, Beth, that I used to work with at St. Mary's. Her fiance is some big wheel in the physics department at Columbia. Maybe he can help us out? Yeah, yeah, I think that might be the best way to go. OK, I'll, I'll give her a call. Good. Are you going to be OK? Yeah, why wouldn't I be? Well, gee, I don't know. You've got a rip in space and time in your shower, maybe? Danny holds off on calling her friend for now and instead decides to take a bath. Which is kind of a daring choice, considering. While she's in the tub, she finds a piece of tile that broke off and snaps it back into place with a most satisfying click. That night, she gets visited by the swirly drain thing the movie keeps showing us that looks like something rushing through a cruddy pipe, and she startles herself awake. She finds her bedroom door open, and some lights are turned on. Oh, and surprise, there's a bunch of guys in there with her too. They grab Danny, tell her to keep quiet, and one of these guys looks like a lumberjack with no hair and milky white eyes, so I guess he's blind. All of that is a plus though, because the rest of the people with him look like crazy homeless people. The bald lumberjack does all the talking, and things start to get a little bit weird. And since I can't believe some of the things I heard, that's gonna be our next clip. You're not Bert. You're not Bert. But you've been putting up curtains. Bring her here. Raise her left hand and swear it. 
swear I won't put up any more curtains. Good. No! no. You're a part of it now. Chosen by the gate. A sacred oath sealed in flesh. You violate the oath. We violate the flesh. Yeah. Yeah, we have definitely gotten into weird territory here. Danny heads up to the roof so she can meditate in peace about the holy order of the sacred shower curtain she just encountered when Tim shows up to see how things are going. Danny mentions she has a new lead, a lead named Bert, which is apparently the name of the guy that you had to be in the apartment, and it would have been nice if they had somehow mentioned that earlier in the film. They ask the super about Bert, and he more or less recaps the opening of the movie from what would be a normal person's perspective. They wonder if Bert left anything behind, and Preston says, oh, no, 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 he threw out all of Bert's things. And the movie immediately pans over to a box labeled Bert's Things. But it had a few old books. Oh, wait, one of those books has a giant pentagram on it, so that one might actually be important. It speaks of a creature called the Beyonder, which can only come through a properly mapped portal, which must be mapped in blood. And if the portal isn't pure, the Beyonder doesn't come through pure, or something. It's all a bit mystical mumbo-jumbo that makes enough sense, but still kinda, huh? And look, the last time Beyonders came anywhere around here, they ended up destroying the entire multiverse. So this is not going to end wait what? Oh, just the Yonder. No B. My bad. Anyways, getting back on track, Tim and Danny discuss where they're going to go from here in the next clip. What did he mean by the gate? He? The book. I don't know, but we shouldn't be messing with this alone. Where's your phone? I'm gonna call your friend. I deleted her number. Well, I thought we agreed. What am I gonna say? My shower curtains are being sucked into some alternate dimension. How you doing? It's a start? No, she'll just say that I'm crazy. But we have the footage. The curtain from the creek. They can run tests. Scientific shit. It's not gonna happen. Then what are we gonna do? We put up another curtain. No. Look, just give me until morning, and I'll come up with something that doesn't involve putting up more curtains. You look tired. Maybe you should go back to your uncle's for a while. Get some rest. No, this is my apartment. I'm not going anywhere. Okay, then just promise me you'll stay away from this bathroom. Sure. After Tim leaves, Danny pokes at the broken tile a bit more, peels that one off, then goes after all the other tiles, and discovers a scrawled web-like pattern with numbers in each of the sections. She puts up another shower curtain, violating her oath, records it, and while watching the recording, she sees a few numbers light up, and so she's getting some sort of information that she has to decipher from all this. She continues her research, getting nowhere fast. Her uncle pays a visit and gets yelled at for his trouble. And eventually Danny dozes off again, having another swirly dream nightmare. She wakes up, the bathroom door creaks open, and she goes to investigate. Gasp and surprise, she actually finds a shower curtain hanging in her bathroom. And when she peeks behind it, all the shower tiles are put back in place. Then the movie gives us a terrible jump scare, with a monster version of Danny suddenly standing beside her when she looks in that direction. 
She wakes up from her nightmare within a nightmare, heads over to Gus's so she can apologize, and she finds him dead. Slashed open and branded with the same mark of the Holy Order of the Sacred Shower Curtain. Danny checks her voicemail and finds a message from Gus, saying he thinks he knows what the glowing numbers meant when the shower curtain goes warp. He said something about his old sailor eyes recognizing something, he has a bunch of maps and charts out, and this gives Danny an idea. If you guess the numbers were coordinates, you'd be correct. She heads to the store, grabs a whole bunch more shower curtains, then goes to recruit Tim, who is just as wishy-washy as ever in the next clip. I need your car. What are you doing with all those curtains? Coordinates. The numbers on the bathroom wall, they're coordinates. What numbers? I worked them out and it's Peekskill, Jersey, just a mile north of that creek. I'm gonna go up there and you're gonna hang these curtains. Danny, I don't think that's such a good idea. Do you ever get tired of being chicken shit? All that money you've been saving up to get out to the Antarctic? Cut the monster off at the head? Three years and you haven't done anything. You present yourself as this diehard activist, but you don't ever fucking act. I lied to you about my hand. I can't explain right now, but my Uncle Gus, he's dead and it's all my fault. I'm gonna get to the bottom of this, Tim. I need your help. Danny. Danny. Did she leave? Uh, yeah. Uh, she took her keys too. What? Don't be mad, I gotta do this. I have an app on my phone that follows the Obaki Maru. I track their course. I know the shit they pull every single day, but I just can't bring myself to actually go out there. I guess I am chicken shit. Tim, I- Is it true about your Uncle Gus? Yeah. I'll be at your apartment in half an hour. So Danny follows the coordinates into the middle of the New Jersey Pine Barrens, and she's either going to find Pennywise or the Jersey Devil, and either one of those would be quite welcome at this point. She waits around in the middle of nowhere while Tim hangs the shower curtain, and nothing happens. And no, 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 I'm not gonna use that clip again. This is the movie genuinely trying to build up some tension before the big reveal of something trying to push up from the ground. It's the shower curtain in much the same state as the previous one that came through, but this has something inside it. Danny pulls back the curtain, <laughs> and inside it she finds a small monster with many teeth. The little monster chases her around the woods until it's killed by the bald lumberjack and the holy order of the sacred shower curtain. Tim heard all the screaming and yelling over the phone and calls 911 to try to get some help for Danny. But he doesn't really know where she is or exactly what sort of danger she's in, and the police can't really do much for her. The Holy Order of the Sacred Shower Curtain drags Danny off through the woods and forces her to dig two holes in the dirt. They toss her new toothy friend into one of the holes, and they actually give us some vague explanations in the final clip. So these, they're all me? Only one chosen by the gate can bring forth from the yonder. So you're telling me that every time I hang a shower curtain, my bathroom wall sends it to that ditch over there and gives birth to, well, that. You gave birth to that. <gasps> you raised the membrane. You violated the oath. Oh, fuck that. Let's just go back to my apartment and burn it down right now. The gate will protect itself. Its wrath shines brightest on those who try to destroy it. <sighs> And the gate will choose another. Your chapter is closed. 
It's already chosen! While all that is going on, Tim has been working on crafting some sort of means to use the portal as a ways to get to Danny and give her some help. He's trying to achieve this by sealing together two shower curtains with a lot of duct tape, a whole lot of luck, a little bit of twine, and a bit of prayer to use that as a vessel through the gate. The Holy Order of the Sacred Shower Curtain hears the portal spit something out, and Danny uses the distraction to get away. Things did not go well for Tim on his journey through the void. It's hard to tell what's going on, but it looks like he's being devoured by whatever came through with him, although they clarify what happened shortly. The creature finds Danny, and the lumberjack also shows up to try to attack it. He ends up dying instead, and Danny goes at the thing, pounding its face to a bloody pulp with the flashlight she grabbed when she escaped. She finds her phone, gives Tim a call, and it goes straight to voicemail. I guess she doesn't quite understand what happened. Danny stumbles back to her apartment, doesn't find Tim some more, but she does find his sketchbook and his ideas for Plan B. The movie montages us through what Tim did, intercutting it with the art, just in case anyone out there is extra slow and doesn't get that he made a shower curtain escape pod. Through all of this, Danny puts a few things together and realizes that the creature she bashed the face in of might have been Tim, transformed by his trip through the yonder. Considering A, how he looked, and 2, how he acted, it was probably for the best. Anyways, Danny feels the portal calling to her or something. She picks up a knife, we see the bathroom door close, and later Preston wanders in to check again on the toilet and make sure everything's working okay. He finds no one there, the bathroom wall torn apart, and a bloody knife sitting in the tub. It then goes into a close-up of the tabloid rag that he's carrying with him, and it focuses in on the headline about a merbeast that attacked and tore apart the crew of the whaling vessel that Danny and Tim kept going on about throughout the whole movie. Am... am I to assume that, because she went through the portal without a shower curtain, or maybe called forth the portal with her own blood, thus making it a pure portal, she became a pure and proper yonder, and then proceeded to go on a whaling vessel killing spree? Okay, I guess I can go with that. Oh, and thanks for that final jump scare from the monster after lulling us in with silence and nothing. <clears throat> so my final thoughts on The Gateway. This movie is weird, but I kinda enjoy it. The plot logic is dodgy, but it's fun. And there's enough logic there to not be a total mess. The movie clearly knows it's weird, and it leans into it heavily. And I love that they play it straight and mostly serious, without poking too much fun at the rather absurd concept of a portal in a bathroom that sucks up shower curtains. And I will say this, it's very refreshing to have a movie that's just weird instead of outright bad. And I definitely appreciate a movie that's not afraid to take a few risks and do something that's outright absurd. It's a fun, silly ride that's not really about the scares and a bit more of a mystery. And it succeeds in making you want to know what's going on. The ultimate answers are a bit too vague and not that satisfying, but they're not that bad either. I walked away from this knowing more or less what happened, why it happened, although they could have put a little more meat on the bone. It's not too long so it doesn't overstay its welcome, which is a good thing with a movie as absurd and weird as this one gets at times. I actually would have liked if it was just a little bit longer so they could have fleshed out a few of their ideas a bit more, but overall it's a solid movie and I'd watch it again. So go ahead, give it a chance. And that was The Bloodstream.
If you've enjoyed listening to me yell at a movie for a half hour or so, you can find more episodes over on iTunes or Apple Music. Whatever it's being called these days. Just search for The Bloodstream, we're the podcast that's not about medicine. While you're there, please be sure to like, rate, and review the show. These are a big help and greatly appreciated. You can also always find all the episodes at our homepage at triskadecafiles.com slash thebloodstream. There's also a Facebook group you can join to keep up to date with what's going on with the show. There's also a Tumblr page at thebloodstream.tumblr.com. If you have questions, comments, or a movie you'd like me to watch, you can leave a comment at any of those places, or send me an email directly at phoenixfoenix at gmail.com. That's Phoenix with an F. So once again, thanks for listening, and I leave you with these words of wisdom. Don't hang up any shower curtains near any portals in your bathroom wall. Take care, and keep streaming.
bitches!